Well, hello and welcome to the Queer XP. My name is Eric Crumride. I use he, they pronouns, and I am hosting um, a really dark game today. Uh, <laughs> so for our Halloween series, our spooky episodes, um, today we are running a game called Quietus by Ollie Jeffrey. Um, if anyone listened to our extreme meat punks, uh, episodes from season one, Ollie was part of the creative team that worked on, uh, the meat punks game as well. So we've run, we've run things by, by them before. Um, but this game is a role-playing game of melancholy horror, uh, in the style of such movies as the strangers, Oculus, um, your next, you know, all those creepy, just unnerving kinds of game or kinds of unnerving kinds of movies. Um, and so it is a one GM and two player adventure. It's meant to be a little bit more intimate, a little bit more high stakes. Um, and so I've recruited two lovely guests that you've all heard before. Um, and I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves. We can do like MB and then Ray. Um, hi, my name is MB. Uh, she, her pronouns. Um, and I love getting scared. <laughs> so <laughs> I am so looking forward to this. <laughs> and and MB, I'm trying to think. Season one, you did what? You did the you did dethrone the the divine with us, right? No, what did I? Oh do? no, that was Jess. That was you did. Um, the bisexual witches one. Yes, it was you bisexual witches. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> that was fantastic too. That was also uh, scary. <laughs> but in a different way, because this but is going to be scary. This, this is, is straight scary. up horror. That one was. <laughs> this is um, not a fun scary. <laughs> all right, and then uh, Mr. Ray. Hi there, I'm Mr. Ray, and uh, I'm excited to be scared. Uh, you may have heard me from such podcast as Two Dollar Creature Feature. Um, and I've been on here a couple times in season one, right? Yeah, we had you on a few times. I think you're yeah. in you were in Slasher Flick, you were in a, uh the Monster of the Week holiday episode. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. Dethrone the Divine, yeah, yeah, and Crisis. So, were you on for Crisis? Mm, yes, I was. Wow, yeah, wow, yeah, so we've had yeah. you back uh, a couple times. Celebrity, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Mr. Rage, we can make sure we all get them pronouns for you. Oh, right. Yeah. My pronouns are they, he. And um, I don't know if I have much more to say other than uh, my body is ready. (laughs) (laughs) But but is your soul? That's the real question. We'll find out. We'll find out how much of our soul is left after this. (laughs) All right. So just for for listeners to give you kind of a quick overview of what we're going to be doing. So in a second, we're going to start our game. And the game actually starts with character creation. So we've got some questions that we're going to talk through um, as the three of us, as uh, MB and Mr. Ray kind of figure out who they are and the the, the world that we want to build around them. I will figure out what the horror of this game is going to be. Um, and then we jump right into it. Um, it is a generally a, it's a D6 dice pool mechanic. So they'll have they'll get to start any action roll with one one D6. And they'll have some options of different ways that they can uh, add to their their dice pool up to three dice. And they get to take the best of whatever the three dice that they roll is. Um, The game works on uh, mechanics of anxiety, which can cause you to 
have to make harder rolls down the line. Um, despair, which if they get to five despair, they are dead. Um, hope, which if hope gets to five and it's a collective number, then they escape. And I have points of dread that I can expend to do awful things um, and cause more anxiety and hardship for these two. So, so all that to say, this is, uh, there has been no prep for this. So whatever happens is happening in real time. So we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> that's, right. that's the true horror. <laughs> that's the true horror of this is that Eric couldn't be prepared for this. Um, I will say, if you listen to all this, the book does have about 13 or 15, like 13, I think, scenarios that they've written up that people can play. Um, I will say they all looked fucking awesome. So whatever the teams that put those together were fucked up humans who made some really good, horrible things. Um, but we decided that we wanted to to give this the full experience of playing, and that meant making stuff up as the rules told us to. So I am we're not even gonna start with who you are at this point. The first thing we're the first question that I'm gonna ask you all is you are isolated somewhere. Where? And tell me about where you're isolated. <laughs> they both just start staring. I know, I'm just like, I mean, there's so many places we could be isolated. Like, do we want to go stereotypical, like, cabin in the woods? Do we want to go into, like, in a, like an old, like, town? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I had like a few things rolling around in my mind um, today as I read the rule book, totally not for the first time. It's my job to know the rules. It's your job just to be present and be wonderful. We totally didn't oh. just ask what page we needed to read and only read that. I mean, right. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's, where, where are you all? Um. So I, I kind of had... Like I've read, I read these and um, the first two options kind of went together in my mind and um, let me know what you all think if this is okay. Cause um, I was thinking of possibly a late family members like home that is somewhere remote. Um, they may have recently passed, which would prompt us to be there, but that's kind of what I had been floating around, but you know, I'm not married to that at all. No, that's more than I had. So like, like maybe it's like, have you heard of the game? Um, the letter it's a visual novel, visual I've horror heard, novel. Yeah. It's, I've heard of it. I haven't played it. Yeah. So I've only played like the demo because for some reason it scares the hell out of me. Um, but same situation. <laughs> you have like a relative that that passed and it is this small town but this house is just like isolated like away from it up on like a mountainside overlooking mm -hmm. everything but like it takes a like you have to like take this long winding road to get up there so oh. maybe something like that oh i love that yeah okay awesome so and isolated old house <laughs> and who who is the late family member could it be like an estranged, like great aunt or something like that? Like something obscure, like, like someone we'd never met, obviously, but like that would mean that we'd have to be, we'd then be related. 
I I almost want to go for somebody that we have met. Okay. Just because a, a mechanic in this game is scars. Mm, so we know the is, house. Which is where we would flash back to. Yeah. yeah. And so we've been there. And so there's something that we could like okay. put in to help us. Okay. Yeah. We can still maybe, say it's a we can still say it's a great like a, a great, great aunt. Yeah, I would say the great aunt. Like we've been there, but like we got there all the time, but we're familiar with it. So there's and, still and maybe she, maybe she was like the like the family like matriarch. Like maybe she yeah. was like the okay. yep. You know, so like everyone knew her and like you're all mm-hmm. related. You've maybe all been there at different times. Maybe the two of you have crossed paths before. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. this is where like maybe everyone would converge and like come together mm-hmm. every once in a while or you know, and she's just lavish and has like this big mansion in the middle of nowhere because why not? Because yeah. fuck the poor, right? Just fuck the poor. Right? Um uh Ray. Yeah. What is your great aunt's name? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I almost want to go with like, like a very lavish, over the top name, like Beatrice DeVoe. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Yes, please. <laughs> and what makes it's, it even better is that I is that I know a DeVoe family and they're some of my favorite people in the entire world. So this will just <laughs> this is just delicious. Um, are, are we suddenly in a Southern Gothic now? Or <laughs> could be, could be. Um, so let's say so. All right, and what so if she if great aunt Beatrice DeVoe has recently passed. Are you here for the funeral? Are you here for the will reading? Are you here because the family is starting to come together for one last time? Like what, why are you here? Yeah, that's all a good question. Um, yeah. Cause when, when so like she passed, she probably lived by herself. And so mm-hmm. that's why the family, I'm sure the family is going to come knowing this lavish aunt and be like, what can we take? What can we claim as ours? You know, mm-hmm. whether or not they read the will. The will not. So maybe it is the will reading. Maybe because oh, the family, yeah. the family all wants to be there to be like, what do I deserve type situation? Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, so family is here. So I, I, you're all here because you're kind of well and maybe your own motives are different but everyone's coming in for like the will reading and Mm -hmm. the you know division of the estate yeah yeah are they more concerned with the will reading or are they actually coming to pay the respects how did how did everyone feel about great aunt beatrice so for me i think my character at least will have will care and be upset that she's gone um And so obviously we'll be there for last respects. Probably, you know, obviously there because family's there, but definitely there more for paying respects and honoring her memory rather than trying to divide up her estate. Okay. Uh, Ray, what about, what about you and your character? I think my character, and I'm trying to find a way to say this without sounding vain, 
um, has more of a love for the estate mm-hmm. than for Aunt Beatrice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think her her estate, her lands, and her her mansion, like at times, probably felt more like a home to my character than than possibly like my own home. Um, okay. Yeah. So if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, and so I think what you're saying is less about like you're obsessed with the money value of it, but you're more in love with maybe the memories and the joy and the comfort that this space brought you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm really excited to take that all away from you as we go through this. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, great. (laughs) So then, so then I'm assuming that you, your character probably would be very against everyone coming because you feel like it may take away from your comfort in the house yeah. in a way. I almost feel like, you know, I may have been a a sort of ward of hers. Mm-hmm. Like I get the feeling that, you know, um, I may have like come from a single parent who maybe wasn't the most stable. And so, you know, it would not be unusual for me to spend a summer or five at mm-hmm. at Beatrice's. Yeah. Um and what's your relationship to each other? Are we talking are we thinking cousins who have interacted a few times? Cousins unless Yeah. It could be cousins, yeah. Especially like if if I've come and visited like during holidays or something like that too, or the summers and you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that that yeah. that asks the question, are you roughly are you like the same generation? Or is there like a distance where like maybe somebody's a generation older and maybe, you know, it'd be like, how do you, I guess, how do you all want to play that? I'm fine. I'm fine with the same unless you have an idea otherwise. No, I was going to say, I think, okay. I think same generation works well. Okay. Awesome. Um, and, and let's give, let's get, let's set like an approximate age for y'all. Are you thinking you're, you know, kind of, are you younger? Are you older? Kind of 30s, 40s? I would say at least maybe like late 20s, early 30s, just to be like at that point where you're stable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stable. Stable ish. But and then, I, but can like still like, this could still affect you, you know, one I, way or the other. I really like that because it's the perfect age. Whenever somebody's passed, for you know an older generation to look at you and be like, you know, you pretentious shit. Why do you think you deserve any of this? Yeah. Um, and it, I feel like I'm guessing Ray, you've kind of given a little bit of this, but for both of you, why is it paying you to be here? I think a lot of it is memories, and I think part of it is since she's the matriarch, she held the family all together. And with her passing, this probably could be like, there's no more escape in a way. Like, there's no more. There's no more family, and at least that's that's in my character. Like, this is what held everything together, and now that she's not there, there's no excuse for everyone to need each other anymore. In a way. Yeah. Right. Any is there anything for you? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's the pain of seeing the family turn into these vultures that Mm -hmm. just pick the bones and 
you know, it's the fake smiles. It's, it's all of that bullshit that they're bringing in to a place that, you know, in, in a weird way for my character would be like the, like chapel of nostalgia. That is this, this estate. So I think that's a big element of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for, I feel like that was for you, especially when you were like, this place brings me happy memories. Like the thing that pains you is like all of that could fall away whenever this, this will reading happens, depending on oh, who yeah. it goes they're, to. They're going to chop it up and, you know, turn it into suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking more about the, uh, you know, the family aspect as opposed to like, you know, I don't want everyone to, you know, stop seeing each other and stop, you know, interacting. And I mean, I could care less about the estate. All right. Um, so the next, we'll do the next like two questions together. So this is where you're going to solidify your character. So tell me your, what is your name? What are your pronouns? And what do you look like? Like this is always the hardest part of character creation. <laughs> Just like, what's my character's name? I don't know. <laughs> That's the one thing I did write down. <laughs> you, you have a name? I have a name. What's your, what's your name? Alita Blackthorn. How do you spell how do you spell Alita? A E L I T A. Awesome. Uh she her pronouns? She her. And what's she look like? Right, what's her vibe? Sure, she's kind of studious. She's a student or ha or has been a student. Maybe she's getting her master's degree, maybe she's spending her time Working in a library, very, very book smart. Um, she'll have uh, curly black hair that kind of goes down to her shoulders, glasses, um, gray eyes that are always watching, always kind of assessing, looking at people and just seeing, trying to get a vibe off of them. Um, but she's very clean, you know, very um, put together, conservative, but not like power suit in a sort of way and I'm more of a, sweaters and 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 slack sort of way um but definitely you know comes off as very very timid you know very very um composed into herself but um she can also be very empowered very you know independent as she needs to depending on yeah. the situation she's put in why was I getting Velma vibes from Scooby Doo? A little bit, right? That? Like, yeah. like I had to make sure that I didn't give her brown, you know, bowl cut hair. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna change this up a little bit. <laughs> All right, and Mr. Ray, who are you? Um, I had to change my last name because I was thinking of going with Hawthorne, and I think that would have clashed. Oh. Um, mm. So instead, I am Will Briarwood. He him. <laughs> okay. Um, Will has shabby long black hair. Um, you know, he dresses in like outdated clothing, like, you know, it may be really well worn. Mm -hmm. Um, it would not be uncommon to call him a slob. Um, he's got, you know, kind of a, he keeps a, a beard that, um, uh, may be a little too long for a lot of people's, uh, taste. Um, and I think, like, as far as profession-wise, like, 
you know, he's the aspiring writer. Like he's probably, he's definitely got something that he's self published on Amazon. That's out there that, you know, um, family members can, can point at and pride, but have obviously not read because he said some unflattering things. <laughs> gotcha. So the family, not necessarily a fan of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably not. If they've, if they're in the know, then yeah, it would be a thing. Is that who you, is that your character tells if people have read your stuff? If you're like, oh my gosh, like, have you read my thing? And like, oh, it was so lovely. And you're like, yeah. ah, you did not read the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the test. Um. All right. Um. So something went wrong yesterday. What was it? So is this in general to ourselves? Is this together? Is this in relation to the situation that we are going to be putting ourselves in? I think it could be, it's kind of open. So like if it it could be something about maybe how, like something went wrong while you were traveling to the house, maybe you got to the house yesterday and someone you weren't expecting to be there showed up or yeah. I mean, the questions are kind of open because it's, it's about just some world building and however you want to interpret some of this. What if, like, everyone's there for the will reading, right? And the estate attorney is late. They can't mm. find them. He's delayed. So everyone thinks that they're going to go, he's going to read it, and they're going to leave. What if they're stuck for a little bit longer because the attorney hasn't arrived yet? I like that. He was supposed to show up yesterday. Yeah, and, and he, like, he isn't there yet. And so everyone's just kind of, like, getting on each wall. other's nerves yeah. <laughs> for this guy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I think that kind of leads into the next one, which is that there should be somebody else nearby, but there isn't. Um, so where is the where is the attorney? You want us to world build that one too? Um Oh yeah, that's no, that's literally the next yeah, question. That's, yeah, that, so like what if like <laughs> Wait, uh, so it could go be it could go in two ways. Like so either oh his car broke down and it's in the shop and he's trying to find other transportation, but it's a secluded area and it's hard for him to get there or something horribly drastic and terrible happened to him. And he has to find, and we have to find a replacement to read the will. <laughs> I, I have a wicked third option. Yes. <laughs> is that um, he's already worked this out with our aunt and um he's got the funds in a dummy corporation that is funding to him and he is hightailing it to Bermuda. Like he's just making away with the entire estate. Yes. Yeah. And, and he's like told them, Oh yeah, no, I've broken down somewhere. And we think he's on his way, but he's really in the opposite direction with everything okay. else. I think what I would, I think the way that I might lean into this for you all a little bit is more so maybe that, because you like your characters wouldn't know any of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't right. know yeah. that he's waiting. Yeah, you all are waiting. So I think I think reasonably the what we'll say you know, and I will uh do with as I see fit, um, is that he's not there. And you and um give me the name of who's who's the person who's kind of the ringleader of the family now, like who's kind of the vibe, who's the mm. maybe new matriarch i don't want to say patriarch because i don't 
This isn't, we don't believe in the patriarchy on this podcast. Damn the patriarchy. <laughs> it's boring and there's not actually horses. So. <laughs> you are Knuff, Eric. I am Knuff. Um, but who, who's, who's kind of the, the new ringleader? So. I see it being a daughter of hers, but maybe like an estranged daughter who just kind of like jumped back in saying, well, this is what my mother wanted type situation. Okay. Give her, what's her, what's her name? What's her name? Rose DeVoe. <laughs> she didn't get married or if she did, she kept her maiden name. She didn't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and would she, if great, if great aunt Beatrice DeVoe was ostensibly very old, if she's great aunt, um, not to say if there's great aunts out there that are not old that you all have to be, but thematically for this, great aunt Beatrice is probably pretty old, like over 90. She can be sure. Oh, if great aunt Beatrice. Yes. Yeah. yeah like yes. great aunt, which does that mean that like Rose would then be maybe like in her 60s? Yeah. Like she's yeah. the daughter, but she's still much older. Yeah. Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, and then my last and most important question. Uh, what are you most afraid of? In relation to this or just in general? <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say maybe like. Let's lean in maybe a little bit more of like in this scenario, like what are you most afraid of right now? Because I, I wouldn't want to be like, oh, my character's most afraid of like heights. Like, yeah. I think I'd rather have it tied into like the things that are happening around you. What yeah, scares no. you the most? Yep, definitely being alone. Like, I think, you know, coming together as a family, like where Aunt Beatrice kept everybody together. And then now with her passing, everyone's going to go their separate ways. And in, in my character's mind, there won't be a family anymore and, and she'll be by herself. That work. All right. I think Will's fear is um either Aunt Rose getting it all. Okay. Or or his own mother getting it. Because okay. um I don't know why I'm thinking his mother is the spot is like the single parent. But yeah, no, I, I just think in either hands, like they have openly expressed that they are willing to to slash and burn this land. Okay. Um, what is your mother's name? I am open to suggestions. What about a nice like Juliet? Uh, Ooh, I like that. Juliet Briarwood. Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. So we have we have gone through our questions um, and think of any other. So, I mean, it sounds like we're going to say how many like roughly how many people do you think are in the house at this point for. Like the will reading, are we talking like a dozen people? Are we talking like 40 people? Like, is this a big family? Is it kind of like. 
just maybe some key folks that got there early for the will reading specifically? I think a dozen marks. At least that's yeah. 10, 10 to 12 is definitely where my brain was at. Yeah, same here. Okay. Um, so there's about a dozen. Um, and there's there's so there's the two of you, plus we've named Rose and Juliet as at least two other people. So we'll fill in, we can kind of fill in names as as things kind of progress. Um all right. Any other any other things you want to talk through or anything else that we should be thinking about or asking about? Um because once this portion ends, I'm gonna read the very specific sentence that is in here. Uh, encourage the players not to rush through these questions. Things go to hell the minute you land in the <laughs> opening scene. So this is your only real chance to examine the main characters without a gun, literal or figurative, to their head. Um, so my question is, are we, as Alita and, and Will, um, are they amicable? Are they friendly? Or is he looking at her like she's just there to take over the estate as well? Hmm. Cause he's family to her, so I think she's gonna look at him in a more positive light, like you know, friendly, like nothing, you know, obviously doesn't want to, you know, lose him since they've, I'm assuming, knew each other, going over like the seasons and, and summers and stuff like that too. But I guess it all depends on how he views her now, knowing with everything else is going on. Yeah, I think, I think he would view her positively. Okay, because. Like I said, he doesn't like the idea of people picking away at, at what's mm -hmm. left. And Alita doesn't seem like that type whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah. So, so they, as far as she came with, they have a good repertoire. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, anything else before, um, and folks that are listening can't see, but on the Zoom call, I renamed myself the horror. Because that is my job. That is what I am. Um, and my goal is to cause as many problems as possible for these two. Just need to keep that there forever now, though, Eric. <laughs> Luckily, this is my personal Zoom account, so it's not a work one. Because if it was a work one, it'd be hilarious to come into a con. Like, the horror has arrived. Which... Maybe that's how work feels about me. Who knows? Are you really so surprised? <laughs> Um, all right. So if you two are feeling good, then we will dive into actual gameplay. Mm -hmm. Not actual gameplay, because we've been playing the game. This is all part of the game. All right. So I'm like trying to orient myself to make sure I've got everything lined up um, in terms of what's going on and why something is out to get you and cause problems. So it's definitely, we're definitely starting this at nightfall. Like, we obviously have to start it at nightfall because no, I mean, yes, some horror movies start in the daytime, but like, let's be honest. Um, So I'm going to say that after an entire long day of everyone and everything was like, you're exhausted at the end of the day because like, it's been that awkward feeling when your whole family gets together. where like, everyone's dancing around the elephant in the room. Everyone has a lot of pretenses put up about like, why they're actually there who's get, like what happens if someone gets the estate what happens if someone gets the you know the money and all these things and it's a lot of very 
pleasantness. It's very Midwestern nice is how I'll describe it. Um, and for folks who don't know what mid- Midwestern nice means, it's the thing where everyone's very pleasant to you while you're in the room. And then the minute you leave the room, everyone is like, oh my God, but did you hear about Becky? I don't want to start gossip or rumors, but I heard that she was with the pastor's son a little too late on Tuesday after Bible study. <laughs> um, it's all very like sack, like it's very like sugary and like it feels they're very kind of like, oh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to get involved, but, <laughs> but. Um, and I can say all this as a born and raised Midwesterner, uh, that that is the vibe and that's how we were, or that's how we are. I'm New England now, so I'm different. Damn straight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, so th- the whole day has been just draining. Um, I mean, you're already emotionally drained because like the death of a family member is always challenging. Um, I think for both of you, as you got to the house, um, you were kind of maybe hoping that it would be kind of a quick thing because being back now is so painful. And like knowing that it's no longer this like space that your great aunt had made for you. Um, everything feels, it just feels different. Um, and maybe you haven't been in a little while. So like coming back feels even more different because, you know, the artwork has changed over or things are laid out differently. You know, she changed a couple rooms around because she had a lot of money and would just change things every so often. Um, so I'm going to say, so you're both, uh, they put everybody, because they weren't expecting people to stay the night because they thought the will reading was going to happen in the afternoon. And then everyone was going to kind of be on their way and go back to, you know, the nearest city, which is probably maybe three hours away from where you all are, um, where like the good hotels are. Cause I don't feel like anyone whose last names are Briarwood or DeVoe or Blackthorn are going to stay at places that are not, uh, you know, at least a four star establishment. I mean, maybe, maybe Will Briarwood might do a CD motel on the side of the road. Oh yeah. Like... That's, that's Will's favorite place to stay. <laughs> so maybe Will's the only one that was actually going to stay somewhere a little bit, you know, and even even a, a CD motel is still probably an hour away from where you all are because there's just nothing. So it's late. Uh, everyone has turned in. You all are staying in kind of a guest wing of the house because it's big enough that it can have a guest wing um, where it's like two or th- it's like two floors of bedrooms um, where she would have, when the family would come visit, that's where everybody would stay. Um, so it's the middle of the night. It's like late, late night. Uh, you, what would you be doing kind of as you're getting ready to go to sleep? Uh, I think Will is going to make his way to the study, um, for a nightcap. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, his, his normal, uh, sleeping pill regiment um is out and so he's hmm. he's he's you know self-medicating as best he can all right so and you go you go to the study to see if like if you can you know remember where great aunt where beatrice's she, stash was yeah where she kept the good stuff <laughs> all right uh and alita what are you doing um i think um alita would be walking around trying to take in as much of the memories as she could um like she'd look at like the old paintings on the walls that she used to remember looking up as a kid or like 
the spare rooms that, you know, she'd jump on the beds or, you know, just small things like that. So she'd just be going around, remembering the hallways and, and the stairs and, and just trying to take it all in before she settled down. Okay. Um, all right. So as each of you are kind of enjoying, actually, I'm going to do, we'll do it this way. I'll do one scene for each of you. Um, so Will, as you're sitting in the study, um, you found, you found like really good bourbon, like great aunt, great aunt B, as maybe you affectionately would call her. Um, she, she always had like the really good stuff and you knew it was behind like the complete works of William Shakespeare on the bookshelf because nobody ever pulled those books. No one was going to pick up the complete works of William Shakespeare willingly. Uh, right. Yeah. I say as an English major, my heart hurts right now. <laughs> so you've as got an the English good teacher. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. So you've got, you've got the, you've got the good bourbon and you're sitting there and the, you get like a, this cold chill comes through the, the window in the study. Um, and as you kind of look over, she had one of those like giant globes that is no, that's normally like the, the secret bar that they like open it up and it's got the alcohol in. It's where she put like the, the not as good stuff like that had like the, you know, mid shelf, still a glass bottle because, you know, Aunt B wasn't going to wasn't going to cheap out on all of her things. It's the appearance. Uh, yeah. Um, and you feel this really cold chill through the window. And when you look over, the globe is spinning a little bit as if somebody like ran their hand across it and kind of spun it. Um, and you also notice that the window is closed, but you can feel a breeze. Um, I think I'm going to go over to the curtains and just like check to see that there isn't you know, a, a break in the window we may have missed or like the seam is, is good. Yeah. So you're going to give us, you're going to give us our first roll of the game. Um, so the rolls happen at three different levels. There's uneasy, there's tense and there's desperate. Um, uneasy is where we're at right now, where it's kind of very, it's like, it's super low stakes. I mean, not super low because everything has some stakes. Um, what they are, you don't know, um, but they have stakes. And then, you know, tense is a little bit more like, you know, if you saw something in the window and you're going to check it, that might be more tense because you know that there's something there. Um, and then desperate would be like the window shattered and someone lunged through it and is coming at you and you're trying to get away quickly. That might that might bump you all the way up to a desperate role. And those have different outcomes in terms of like what you roll. Um, so you get to start with 1d6. And you can bump it up. You can give yourself some more dice if you want. So there's um, a couple different options. Oh. Pause for one second. Of course, I closed my notes that I had open. <laughs> um, so the quick ways that you can bump some, some things up um, is either you can bump up the intensity of the scene to get extra dice. You can accept help from somebody else. You can work in those scars we talked about, um, or you can betray you can betray Alita somehow. Um, I don't know that those are applicable in this moment, but just for for mechanics, those are what you can do. 
Um, I don't I don't think I'm gonna bump this up right now because I don't I don't you know, probably famous last words. I don't think the stakes are high enough to justify it. <laughs> I don't think I need to, they say right yeah. before everything goes to shit. All right. All right. So give us the roll. Um, that is a six. Amazing. So you you achieve what you set out to do. So you go over, um, you check the window, and it's really weird. Like it's really you don't see any, you can't find any cracks in the window. The window is like closed and locked shut. Um, there's nowhere that a draft should be coming through. And when you when you're over there, the draft seems to stop. It doesn't continue. Um, I think I'm just going to look down at my half-finished uh, drink and be like, maybe this is a little stronger than I thought it was. All right. Um, Alita. Mm -hmm. So you were wandering around. Were you wandering? You said you were kind of wandering the house. Were you wandering anywhere specific? Um, I think maybe through the halls, maybe to the kitchen to get myself like a little snack to bring back up with me. Maybe it was something that me and Aunt Beatrice always used to do, like a cookie for, for bed or something like, like along those lines, maybe a cup of tea just to get myself something before I go back to bed. So I'd just be taking my time walking down to the kitchen. Okay. So you're, so you're in the kitchen and you're, um, you know, you're, you're in the cupboards, you're, you're checking things out. Um, you go to you go to close the cupboard and like just as you close it, you kind of look over and and you look to see if you know you thought you heard something because it's an old house you like hear things you don't see anything um but you thought you could have sworn like you heard something um and as you kind of like are focused you know in whatever direction you heard the sound behind you um the pots that were on the counter clash to the ground and there's nobody around there's no one in the room. All right. I probably want to go towards the pots and see if why they fell, if what their hanger had broken or something had happened to make them fall on the ground. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say for this, I, I don't, I'm not going to make you roll yet. So when you mm -hmm. get over to the pots, it's, you can't like you're looking and like they were pots that were sitting on the counter. They weren't even hanging. Oh, okay. Like they were Good. sitting on the counter. Oh shit. Um, and there's still some that are there, but like a small collection of them that were probably the closest to the edge mm -hmm. are now kind of scattered on the ground. Um, but they were all like it was on like the kitchen island, and everything was like in maybe like a foot in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you can surmise, like there's there's no rational explanation for how these things are now on the ground. Okay. And there's no one there with me. So I'm just going to uh, bend down and start to pick them up. Maybe I bumped them and I didn't realize I bumped them as I walked by. All right. And we, and after you put you put everything back on the on the kitchen island, mm -hmm. um what where would be your next what would you do next? Um probably going to go to the stove turn on the tea kettle get a cup of tea ready okay um so you you know you're the you put the tea kettle on 
Um, and you're kind of pittering around, uh, you know, trying to get, you know, that maybe the tea leaves together. Mm-hmm. You're going through Aunt B's collection of tea because she was a very big tea drinker. So she has all sorts of, you know, black teas, green teas, mm-hmm. etc. And I would say maybe like a minute passes and the tea kettle is screeching. Like it's it's doing its like mm-hmm. tea kettle sound. But there's no way that water should be hot yet. Okay, um, so I look, I look at it, and I am confused, but, you know, we'll go with it, and uh, can I pick the kettle up and go to pour it into the cup to see if it's actually hot water? Yeah, give me, <laughs> give me a, give me a roll for this. So we're All still right. at uneasy. Yeah. And do you wish, do you wish to bump it up and add any dice? Well, you've already rolled, so it's too late. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm just trying to say, okay, it was weird, but maybe it's a high-tech kettle that I never knew existed. So um, I got a three. You got a three. Okay. Um, So, so technically that's a fail. (laughs) And it gives me a point of dread. Uh, Um... No. So you go to grab the tea kettle and like the handle of the tea kettle is not metal. So it's the kind, you know, you should be able to like, you pick it up, you go to grab it. And as you pick it up, it burns your hand. Like you, you like it's, and you weren't thinking, you just did the thing where you just grabbed it real fast to pour it into the, into the teacup. It's, it scalds your hand. You drop it to the ground. And when you drop it and the thing opens up, nothing comes out. Like there's no water. Okay. <laughs> and I definitely, okay. Maybe it's not a good night for tea. <laughs> My hand is aching now. So I... I'm half focused on that, half trying to figure out what happened with the tea kettle. Um, so I'd probably try to, you know, get something for my hand, you know, try to run it under cold water, get a bandage, something to to make to get at least repair that damage that I've done. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me specifically what are you gonna do? Okay. Um, well it's burned, so I'm gonna go to the sink and run it under cold water. Okay. Get some of the sting out. Um, give me another uneasy roll. Hold on. Mm, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> so you you have the option. If you fail, if you get the one to three, you have a point um, for both uneasy and for tense rolls. You can up it to tense and take that little bit of it, take that anxiety to roll again. Or you can just take the fail. So... I'm actually going to kind of go with tense because it is kind of tense. Like my hand's burning. The teapot went off. It was scalding. And then there happened to be no water on it. And this is all after all the the, the pots and pans fell out of nowhere. So yeah, I, this is a tense situation. <laughs> okay. Um. So give me first, give me a roll, roll a D6 for me. Okay. What'd you get? Four. So you have four anxiety. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, and remember, so for all stats, there is no way to decrease anything 
Once anxiety gets to 10, all your, you are panicked and can only make desperate rolls. Um, once there's a, the despair tracker, once that get like, once something gets added, it can't be brought back down when it gets to five, you're dead. Um, so now give me your, your tense roll. It's a three. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I'm gonna die by a burn from a tea kettle that didn't have any water in it. And that's all hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm never having tea again. <laughs> I'm gonna say instead of I think instead of it causing you a severe consequence, I'm gonna take two more points of dread. Um, so I have four points of dread now and just so you all know what I can do with dread so for two points of dread I can inflict a consequence on a main character for three I can inflict a severe consequence and with four I can raise somebody's despair by one um, but I can't raise it by one to bring you to death as we talked about you have to do that on your own so you go to pick the like the tea kettle back or you know you tried you were trying to, to cool your hand under cool the water. my hand down the, the burn yeah. so you grab the nozzle and as you grab the nozzle and put the like to to pull the water up you, you're like watching it for a second like there's no like you're like okay this water's cold you put it in the cold direction put your hand under for a second it feels so good it's so soothing and then out of nowhere the water goes scalding hot Oh my god. And it happens so fast that you you feel like you barely you don't even get a chance to pull your hand away and you when you tried to roll again at the tense roll you went to grab the nozzle to pull it down to shut the water off and the nozzle was hot to the touch. So you managed to pull it down and like let go and the water stopped but like now both of your hands are sore. Oh my god. Um <laughs> The one that got double burned has like some small blisters already forming on it. And, and yeah, what do you, so what do you, what do you do? I'm just going to find the nearest uh, dishcloth I can Okay. wrap that around my more severely burned hand. And I'm just going to call it a night. It is not a good night for tea. I am going to go to bed. <laughs> I should have gone for the bourbon. <laughs> All right. Um, and Will, after your, after the bit of, window weirdness would you have stayed in the study would you have started making your way back to your room um i think i would have started making my way back to my room um and i think on the way like i might text adam who is a gentleman suitor that i may have an amorous relationship with mm, okay you know, we don't we don't put titles to it <laughs> um i just you know throw flowery language at it um, <laughs> and I think I text him and I just say, you know, the lawyer is still no show. Maybe we'll see him tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like when you, you go to send the message, um, and it has trouble getting through, you realize that you're like, kind of, I mean, you're, you're in isolated territory already. Um, but for some reason you're, you're not like, you can see like, you know, the little thing telling you it's like loading and sending and it gets near the end and it just kind of sits there. Um, not not getting that final like 
quarter inch to like actually have sent. I think I like send like add another message to it that just says, I just want this to be over. And then I send that, but I don't pay attention to it long enough to see if it fully sends or not. Okay. Um, and then do you head back to your room as well? Yeah, I think I'll head that way. Okay. So the two of you kind of meet in the hallway because you both are kind of heading back from your respective areas at the same time. And you're both on the same, the same floor. Um, they kind of broke things up by like the older generation was up a floor from you all. And you're kind of like, not the kids floor, but like, like the younger folks. Um, and so you two kind of see each other in the hallway. And I'll let you, if you, how you would interact with each other. So I guess, Will, like you, you see Alita coming in, hand wrapped up in a, like, washcloth. And Alita, you see Will walking back, just holding a little thing of bourbon, just giving little swirls, um, looking just dandy. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little red red in the cheeks. Um, You know, if you're going to take that, you have to pay for it, right? Have you had any problems with the water? I mean, you know, the pressure isn't ideal, but, you know, what do you expect? How about the temperature? I mean, it was a little drafty in the study, but... <laughs> okay. Okay, don't use the hot water in the kitchen or probably anywhere because... And then I show him my hand. <laughs> apparently I, it's hot <laughs> I, Will will take your hand and like kind of like give it a look over like probably maybe move it closer to a light so we can get a better look at it and yeah like, and so when so when you when you look at it when you see um the the like there's some redness and some blisters it's really weird but it almost looks like there's like a, a it's like a symbol or like a pattern it doesn't just look like a bunch of like randomness of blisters. Like they seem to be in a slight pattern. Do I recognize the pattern? No. That's, it's really interesting. I've never seen a burn quite like that. Um, and it was, it's anything I would recognize. Yeah, so when you when you like pull your hand back, like yeah. you look down and like it looks actually different than when you like had it under the water. Um, and what you both kind of saw is it's got like almost like it's like circular, like it's almost like there's a number of circles that are kind of interconnected. Um, kind of I would say kind of like Olympic rings, but like more condensed down and more of them. But like lots of like interconnected circles. On your hand, like those old, like the what are they like a stenograph, like where you play like, as a kid, like you did the little mm -hmm. sim, like mm -hmm. spin them around. Oh, yeah. I'm making the motion as if anyone on the I'm listening to hear that. Well, yeah, no, no, it looks like this. Yeah, it looks like this when you do the thing. Yeah. Um, circles, but like yeah. those old, the old things, like when you're a kid and like had the giant circle, and you could put the smaller circle inside of it and mm -hmm. kind of take a pen and like the movements made patterns. Um, it, it gives you like that idea, um, but it looks very like intentional and not like a bird. 
Um, and how does it feel to the touch? On if I try to touch it with my yeah, my I mean hand? it's it's still like your hand's still a little bit sore. Like it yeah. feels, it feels like it maybe it like it stopped hurting as much as it should. Like it stopped hurting sooner than it should have, which is a little bit weird. But like there's there's still like dull pain on both mm -hmm. your hands at this point. Um, and like but for I a hand being for for a hand being burnt twice in yeah. a matter of three minutes. Uh, it doesn't feel like it hurts as much as it should. So, and you said um, they're blisters, or is it more calloused at this point? It's it's blisters. It's definitely blisters. Okay, yeah. so it's gross too. Um, yeah, that's not normal. And as you as the two of you are standing there having this conversation, all of a sudden you're kind of in a row of rooms. And there's probably probably like eight rooms, four on either side, and you were on each of the sides. Um, you're standing there, and all of a sudden, like this like rumble kind of happens. You feel like the ground just shudders a little bit. And as it starts to shudder, all of the guest room doors fling open, fling closed hard. And then that's when the screaming starts. And whatever is happening behind these closed doors, you hear both this mix of like people screaming out like they're shocked, surprised and terrified and other things screaming out as if they are exacting the most joy in their life out of whatever it is that they are about to do. And it's not good. And this happens for about 30 seconds and then everything goes absolutely silent. Um, these rooms, do we know if they were occupied or were they just Yes, rooms? they were all occupied. And two of them were supposed to be your rooms. Two of them, like the, the doors of your rooms were already open from you not being there, but when all the doors flung shut, yours flung shut as well and are currently closed. And it's quiet now. It is, it is uncomfortably quiet. You hear nothing. The house isn't even making kind of gr the groans and moans that an old house would make. Um, Uh, so Liz is going to look back to Will and just try to find some semblance of a confirmation that he heard that too. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I definitely heard that. Um, okay. Um, we, sh we should... I'm just gonna slowly walk down the hall, I think. Okay. Um, not really sure how to put my logical brain, you know, words into my logical brain at this. So I'm gonna go to the closest door. So you said the doors are all open now? Or are they all still shut? They're all still closed, but everything okay. just went quiet. All right, so I won't go to the one that's my room. I'll go to the one that would have been next to my room. Okay. And can I open that door? Um, yeah, give me give me a nice little uneasy roll. Four. Okay. 
Um, so with a four on uneasy, you achieve a lesser version of what you wanted, or you can try again to get what you want via a tense roll. I don't want any more tension. I just want to open the door. <laughs> okay. So you, you go to, you like start to open the door. You get it maybe like two, like kind of like a third of the way open. And as it gets open, all of a sudden the door, like you hear pattering of feet and a force pushes against the door and slams back shut. Um, now, like, whose room was that? Do I know whose room that was? Um, sure. That would have been the room of Jacob Johnson. And do I know if there was supposed to be a pitter pattering of little feet coming from that room? No, because Jacob Johnson is a grown ass man. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Okay. There, there were no children in the no, mansion. No, okay. Nobody brought kids with them because everyone hates children. Why don't you go try that door? Say so, Will. So you, so you watch Alita. You see Alita walk yeah. up to a door, start to open it, and then you see the door visibly and forcibly slam back shut on her as she like oh. jumps back from the door. Is there a fireplace nearby? Uh, if you went back to the study, there would be. Okay. Like the study is probably the closest because you're like down like a long corridor. Yeah, I don't think I'd go all the way for. Uh, I think Will <laughs> is looking for a weapon. Okay, um, give me give me an uneasy roll. Okay. Um, and remember, if you want, Alita could help you could offer assistance to give you an extra dice. But she would get anxiety. I I just rolled and I got oh, a okay. one. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> um, okay, so you don't achieve what you want. Um, I take a point of dread and you can try again. You can try a different. So what would you, how would you have been looking for a weapon? Tell me what that would have looked like. Just kind of like look like glancing around yeah i think i would have been looking like i don't know to see if like there was like some kind of like you know decoration on the wall like rich people like swords on the wall or a gun on the wall mm, okay kind of shit. Yeah. yeah i think i think all i'll say for that is like you you look around and like when you do that you realize like you know aunt b didn't really have she, weaponry wasn't her thing um, she was big on art and all sorts of things, but like never did like the swords, the guns. She kind of had like an aversion to to weapons. So all you see is like some, you know, large picture frames. Um, but you also know that the art's expensive and she had those things bolted to the wall. So to remove a painting would require like several people and tools. Yeah, no. So you you can, if you want to try looking for a weapon in a different way, you can do that as well without amping up the intensity. Yeah, um, Alita, I think you should come with me. And um, I think if we're going to try this again, 
at least want to have like a poker with me or something. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna let myself be alone at this point anymore. So yes, I will I will follow you. So as the two of you walk down the corridor, you walk past your two rooms were like across the hall from each other. As you walk through that section of the hallway, you hear this scratching. Like something is clawing at your doors from the inside. So it's a very, very intense, like I can't make the sound well, but like just like nails against wood, just scraping and scraping and scraping. And you almost think you hear this like slight growl, like a small guttural sound as you hear the scraping against the wall. I look to Will and I ask, did you bring a dog with you? I happen to be allergic. Fantastic. Are you are you like standing there or are you just going to keep walking past it? I think we should walk faster past I it. I think we should walk much faster past it. As you start getting as maybe you get down to like to where the next room is and you're and you're walking a little bit faster, you you hear the scratching turning into pounding on the door. Like something is wailing against it. Like if you were to knock on like a door with like a full, like your full forearm with like as much force as possible, and you start to hear the doors rattling on their hinges. Um, and you both probably know well enough that like whatever is doing this, the door is gonna come off soon. We need to go. Yeah, let's 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 we spread out our merry way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're are we going to back to the study? Is that yeah. what we're gonna do? Okay. All right. So y'all are hauling ass into the study. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are you doing once you get into the study? I'm gonna go to the fireplace and get a, a poker. And I'm gonna shut the door behind us. Oh yeah, that's okay. good. You should, we should probably barricade yeah. it. Yeah, barricade it definitely. I'm like, I just once we're both in, I'm just gonna shut it see if there's a lock on it or anything like that, or like try to move a chair in front of it or anything I can do to barricade us in so that nothing can follow us. Yeah. 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 And I think at this point, I'm going to, I'm going to say that things are now tense. That feels appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So who would like to make the role for the barricade? And do you ask for help from your, your other, your family member? So like Elite, if you start barricading, and I'll say it's like as a meta gaming mechanic, if you started at doing that and asked Will to help you, Will would be the one to take the anxiety, not you. Um, that's up. That I mean, from uh from from a gaming point. So yeah. I'd be at the door. I'd be trying to it. I could find something. I can't move. I would ask for help. Okay. Yeah, that's, that makes that's sense. That's how I see that playing out. Okay. Uh, Will, would you offer up help? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so that would Alita, that would give you two dice. Um, and bits. Um and will you get one anxiety? Okay. And then I will remind you that it's not, at different points you can introduce the scars. So if there are spots where you're like, oh, I know that Aunt B would have had a dagger tucked away in a thing i know that because let me let me reveal some trauma about being at the house that would tell me how i know that that's there um so but we'll go have alita give us a roll your 2d6 and take the better five five okay 
Um, so you achieve a lesser version of what you were attempting, suffer a consequence, and I get a point of dread. Um, you can either stop there or you can push on and make a desperate roll if you want to keep trying to barricade. So we'll say is like, like you're getting th- like between the two of you, you're getting stuff in front of the door, but you know that like, you know, it's the, the end tables that you pushed and like the little globe thing that you brought over, like it, the couch moved way too easy. Like, you know, that something that's going to push on this door hard enough is going to get it open. It, you've just delayed them being able to get it. Um, can we still hear the pounding? How quickly did you leave that hallway? Like, were you walking briskly? Did you we, like? We said we sprinted. I yeah, we think sprinted. We hauled ass. Okay. We, we ran. Yeah. So you, at this point, you don't hear it. Wow. Which might be more unsettling is that you mm-hmm. don't, it's back to being very dead silent again. Um, after, at least, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to take that, that desperate role because I think knowing what we heard, what we saw, the way my hand turned out to be, I'm, I, I, Alita personally doesn't want to take any chances at this point, just until we can regroup and figure out what we're doing. Okay. Um, do you, do you want, uh, Will's help again and or any other mechanics to up your dice pool, which include, mm. um, uh, asking, so help scar or betraying Will in some fashion. Oh my god. <laughs> Give me the bourbon quick now. <laughs> um so the issue is whether or not we can keep this door shut and shut tight. Would I mean you can ask for help, and I think the only other thing you could realistically do at that point would be introduce some something via a scar. That's what I'm just trying to think. Yeah, like, but what could I possibly I'm just I'm trying to think like what could I possibly think of? that could keep this door from opening. I mean, it could be, it could be something about, you know, you know, something in the room is, you know, more movable, you know, something, you know, a heavy thing that would block it. Maybe, you know, where a key is. Oh, how about this? How about, how about this? How about knowing that there may not be any, so the couch was easy enough to move. So there may not be anything logically in front of us, but I know of a secret passage out of the room. Okay, tell me how you know about this. Okay, so give me Bobby. give me the flashback. So okay. this is a horror movie. You're standing there and you're like, oh, and it cuts to a scene. Yeah. Tell cuts us about to- what what you know. Who are who are you yeah. with? What's this? What's happening? Yeah. So it cuts to a scene where um, younger child playing around in a room where I shouldn't be, um, and happens to be the study. I hear adults coming. And so I panic. So I try to find somewhere to hide and I just press a book and then a secret panel opens up and the other one I try to hide knowing that people were coming and as a kid, I wasn't supposed to be in the study because it's where Aunt B hit her secret stash. And so I panicked and I ran and the door slammed behind me and I was stuck in the secret passage didn't know where it went or how it goes but i just knew that i couldn't hear anything behind me either 
All right. Um, so give me a desperate roll with three D six um and give yourself two more anxiety. Just get the anxiety up. So there's six anxiety right there. Yep, this this tracks. And then Will, you should be at two anxiety at this point. Okay. <laughs> was a four. Four was your highest? Four is my highest. I need better dice. <laughs> um all right. Um uh, so I get two points of dread. And you get one despair. And I will say the, the thing to know is despair is not like health points. It's not, and it's not necessarily like you get despair from like taking damage or from being injured. It's literally just like the thing is getting closer to getting in some capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so you go to, uh, yeah, so you all, so you're like, you tear through these books because you're trying to remember which specific one. bookshelf it was. Mm -hmm. You manage to find the right one. And as you go to grab the book and pull the thing or like push on the panel or whatever it is, that's when you start hearing the banging on the door of the study. You hear the thudding, thud, thud. And the clawing, scraping, scratching. And as you like, as the two of you like move this panel and start to go in, you see the wood on the door break and you see a long, like almost looks like a fingernail or claw. It's black, like at least from what you can see, like, like a deep, deep red, almost black fingernail that like has cut through the door just as the panel kind of closes behind you. Can I do something before we go out this door? Yes. I want to introduce a scar. Okay. Um, I think we flash back to a scene of a much younger Will Briarwood in the study late at night. Mm -hmm. And he stirs to a figure in the room. Um, an unseen man, a burglar. And there is a muzzle flash from a gun that Aunt Beatrice had. And she had it stowed away in a copy of the Bible, like cut in. <laughs> because it's 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 her sword. Um but also, you know, the kind of emotional scarring attached to that is um somewhere on the property there is a man buried and we do not speak of this. Mm -hmm. But yeah. the what I want to use that for now is I want to check to see if the sword, quote unquote, is still there. Yeah. So you take two anxiety um for this for the scar. Uh how much? Two. Two. Okay. Yep. Um, and give me you get a tense, I'll say a tense roll, and you get two dice. Okay. Uh, six is the higher one. Amazing. So you found it. You found the Bible. Much like the, the complete works of William Shakespeare, nobody reads the Bible. And so... 
especially not in the Midwest. Not in the Midwest. Um, no. We will quote it, but we, we my God, we will not read it. Um, so yeah, you find it. You've got a gun. Um, it appears to still, it appears to be loaded because what good would an unloaded gun in a Bible be? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you find that and are, and you kind of run out the door behind uh, Alita as you see the scraping claw break through the door. Uh, and like, I mean, like not, and it's not this, but like the best image I can get is like almost like the velociraptor claws. Like when they come through the door, like that mm-hmm. long, that mm-hmm. long nail cutting through. Oh yeah. Well, yep. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. And as the, like, as the panel closes, you almost think you hear like this guttural giggling, which is just like, it sends like a full chill down your spine. Cause it's not, it doesn't sound even human. It's this very like. <laughs> nope. Don't like that. Nope. All right. So Alita, where does this passage take you? <laughs> I don't know. We've never been in it. Um, so yeah, I hoped, I hoped it would take us out outside um my my fear is that it's not taking us out but down into almost akin to a old abandoned wine cellar slash crypt (laughs) slash whatever else could be living underneath this this mansion that has just been feels like around forever yeah, give me. I'm gonna say, give me a tense roll to see if you're able to navigate your way. Because what you quickly realize is that they're like, it's not like a single passage. Like you get to a point and then like things split. Mm-hmm. Um, because you never made it that far before. So give me a tense roll, and you can up it to get, or you can get yourself more dice by making it desperate, um, asking for help from your good your good cousin Will. Uh, introduce another scar or somehow betray will in a portal. <laughs> I'm just going to keep offering that as a suggestion <laughs> until someone takes it. <laughs> um, can I ask for assistance in that to see if he has ever had any experience with these tunnels in this house before himself? To be honest, I thought that the secret passageway from the study led to the kitchen. But now in retrospect, I'm realizing I was looking at a clue board. <laughs> but I, I do know that like Will has a cell phone on him, which might have a flashlight on it. So if you need to be able to like, yeah. maybe see in a certain direction to get some better line of sight on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like that could be, a, I think, in game, that feels like a an yeah. option for for assistance. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, the other option is like you've split and each of you goes down one part of the corridors to see if you can figure out which way goes somewhere productive. Eric, we have watched enough horror movies to know you don't split the party. <laughs> right, but you've also watched enough horror movies you. to know everyone splits the party at some point. <laughs> so I guess what how would you look how would you get help from Will? With the flashlight or um 
Alita does not want to be alone at the moment, so she would hope for the flashlight. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So give me, so you can roll 2d6, unless you want to make it desperate and roll three. Nope, let's do 2d6. Five. Five? Okay. Um, so you get a lesser version of what you're attempting. Um, you'll suffer a consequence, and I take a point of dread. And then you can, we can, like, that can be enough, or you can push, like, you can push on and make it a desperate roll if you wanted to make it a desperate roll. Um, and what I'll say happens, and I, remind me to do this, I should be saying the consequences beforehand, which is, I think for this, the, the consequence that you suffer is simply that you you truly don't know if you're going the right way. Um, you kind of look down both hallways and they both just look like hallways that go on for a while. Um, and you can't tell based on where you think you are in the house. Um, this is a lesser version. So I'll say that like based on what you think you know of the house, that... One, you don't think they, ah, actually, here we go. They don't lead outside. So you were looking to get outside. Mm -hmm. What you know is that one will lead, one passage will lead down into the cellar. Mm -hmm. And one passage will lead, um, it actually leads up to the attic of the house. These options have their ups and downs. Literally. <laughs> All right, so which way would you, I guess if you want to talk it out in character for a minute. Yeah. Um, so Alita, you're the one that kind of figures it out. So how would you relay that to Will? All right, so um, figuring it out, using the light of his, of his phone to assess and look and I go to him with the the bad news you know good news is we have two options bad news is neither of them go outside um so we either go downstairs to whatever is underneath the house or we go up to the attic ah <sighs> The problem with going to the basement is while I'm pretty sure there's a cellar door in there, I don't know if it's open. I want to say they've changed it up, but I can't remember right now. And I'm I'm freaking out just a little bit too much right now yeah. to, to really remember what the help did, you know, before they left for the evening or, you know, whenever we got here. Um, but I know for a fact that if we go to the attic, that we can at least find a way to climb out the window and test our luck on the roof. I think the attic is the way to go as well. All right. So you all are heading up to the attic? Yeah. Yes. All right. So you follow one of the paths and as you get down, like goes down this long corridor. Um, and as you're like going down this corridor, you think it's going past like the guest, like the the guest rooms. So like you're you've got like probably a thick wall between them, but as you're like walking through, it's no longer silent. What you hear is like things 
crunching on bone and like slurping and tearing things apart. As you get near the end of the hallway, right before you get to the stairs to go up, you hear a person kind of like screaming a little bit. It's muffled and gargled. Um, but your best guess is whatever is scratching, clawing, eating, didn't kill fully whomever they're clawing, eating, snacking on. And like, as you get to the stairs and start going up, like the gurgling kind of like the screaming turns into fully gurgling and then it just kind of stops. Um, but you hear more of this like slurping and crunch and gnawing of this thing. And then you go up to the attic, which is definitely not worse. Clearly never, never bad going upstairs. No. <laughs> so you make, you make your way up and you go up through, it's like two full flights of stairs. Cause you were on like the ground level and you get up into the attic and you walk in and the first thing that you notice is that, you know, it's, we're going to say it's like late fall outside. Um, and the attic is usually like much warmer at, than the rest of the house, right? Like heat rises and all of that. You walk up, the attic is ice cold. Like you can see your breath. It's so cold. Um, so what do you do once you get up to the attic? I think we should survey our surroundings. Okay. Um, cool. Um, I would say give me, give me a, give me a tense roll for this. Okay. And then if you, if you've already rolled us, then you can choose to up it at all, but you looks like you rolled it. Yeah, I rolled it. Um, What'd you get? I got a two. Amazing. No. Um, all right. <laughs> so you did not set out what you did. We were hoping to do. Um, You can either choose to have a severe consequence or raise your despair track by one. I'm going to say that your severe consequence is going to, if you choose it, um, would be that you're like trying to get the lay of the attic um, and that you it's so dark and that even with your flashlight light kind of shining on things you would have missed seeing something and like will crash and fall potentially causing a noise and be harm to yourself or you can raise your despair track by one Oh, I'll I'll raise that despair track by one. <laughs> I've got plenty to spare. Oh my god! <laughs> so you like you're like walking around and you're like out the flashlight. You're trying to look at things and like just at the last second, you look down and there's like this old chest that your aunt B had. Um, it's probably full of like old dresses that she kept. And at the very last second, you see it and you manage to step back just in time. Um. 
but you kind of falter backwards into a couple things that still makes a little bit of noise. Um, at which point underneath you somewhere, you could hear the immediate pitter patter of feet somewhere on the floor below you. Um, okay. And then otherwise I say like you do, I mean, you, you know, the attic well enough, like there's windows around, you know, where the door is that would open down to the lower floor. Like, you know, the house well enough that you'll know the space. Um, you just don't know anything particularly useful in this moment of like, is there a window that opens to a roof specifically that I'd be able to climb out? Um, or like, is there anything useful in the attic that I could use in whatever's happening to us? Yeah. Um, Alita, I think you should take my phone and find out if any of these windows open. I'm going to watch the door. And yeah, holds up gun. I do I did I do I know you have the gun? Did I know that's what you went back for or is this the first time I'm seeing it? I think this is probably the first time you're seeing me <laughs> yeah. holding this gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Where did you get that? <laughs> um the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So then I carefully reach around the gun to grab his phone from him. And then I will take the flashlight and walk my way around the peripheral of, you know, the, the outside the attic to check the windows and see if any open for us to be able to at least get out of where we currently are. Yeah. And I'm going to say this is your first hope role. So this is going to be one that if you are successful, this will start leading you to <sighs> eventual out, out of this scenario. Um, so if they get hope to five, then collectively they, whoever's still alive will survive or escape. All right. So one D six. It's a four. Four. Um, uh, um, so you'll achieve a lesser version of what you're attempting, suffer a con consequence, uh, and I take a point of dread. So I am racking up that dread. I got nine points of dread to play with. Isn't that awful that you all know I'm just sitting on this pile <laughs> of stuff waiting. that can yeah. like, bring you badness yeah. at any moment? This is like um, playing Uno with somebody, knowing they have a handful of draw twos and draw fours, and they're not playing them. Yeah. Um, so you get a lesser version of what you were attempting. So you're, and your consequence is that you're like, with the flashlight, you're like flashing the light out the windows everywhere. Um, and as you're like looking out the windows, you realize you see things moving on the grounds like you okay. see you catch like wind of like a, you, not a ton like it's not like an army but like you see like two or three like figures running through the grounds and almost like they look bigger than a dog smaller than a horse and they're down on all fours as they're like like leaping from like like it's not even like running it's like a full like i'm leaping from one spot to one spot to one spot and it's happening so quickly that it 
could confuse it for like just a big run like stride. Um, and when the lights are flashing everywhere, you notice that they kind of all stop. Um, but you do find a window. You, I mean, you find a window that opens and there is not the best scenario for a roof to be on, but you find a way out. Um, you can keep trying and, and, and move it up to a desperate role. Mm-hmm. Or you can just leave it as is. Um, knowing the window I see and the roof options we have, do I have any knowledge that there would be a better option than another window to try again? Or do I not know the house well enough to, or, or I could do a scar and know you that could. there is a better one. <laughs> yeah, you could. And you, so, um, you could, so if you did that, you would do that as a, you'd make it a desperate roll with the scar as your extra die. Okay. And you okay. could ask Will for help as well, which would give you three dice. Oh my god. Can you have help in a scar? <laughs> to remember a scar? That's the question. Well, you I mean, in the scar yeah. itself, you wouldn't. I mean, you'll remember. Like you'll yeah, know. Remember. It's a matter yeah. of, I think, rolling to see if maybe that window is actually accessible yeah. or if you remembered it fully correctly. Um, are you able to open the window? Like we figure out what the mechanic for like success mm-hmm. on the dice mm-hmm. roll is, but you could use the scar to bump up your chances that you're going to mm-hmm. get the right window and be able to get it open and get out. Mm-hmm. All Which right. again, this is it's a hope roll, so it, it might be worth it. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna YOLO this one. Okay. So my scar is I remember that there is a window um on the opposite side of where I'm at that does open out to a more flat lower portion of the roof um because oh, when i was back in younger alita days uh trying to sneak out of auntie b's house to meet a local townie boy in the middle of the summer for a fling I needed to sneak out the windows and climb back up and in and I had a pretty good idea and then one summer night I miscalculated and I fell and I broke my arm and I was Mm. never allowed to leave Auntie B's house again yep (laughs) all right um and are you asking Will for help um no, because he's watching the door with the gun. I'm going to okay. let him do his thing. Okay. All right. So give me 2D, 2D6 and take two anxiety for the scar. And what happens when our anxiety gets up? That's only you said that was... um. When you get to 10, every roll is desperate after that. Desperate. Okay. Five. All right. So you achieve what you set out to do. I take two points of dread. Um, they all, uh, you also suffer a severe consequence or raise your despair track by one. So I'm going to say that your option of severe consequence is 
um, the window currently, so you found it, you found the window, you know, which one it is. Um, it is locked from the inside and you know how to open it. Like the lock, it's like a locking mechanism on the window. Mm -hmm. What you're, what you know, though, is as you're looking at this and seeing the window that the, the way up from the ground like if you open this window up, you think that these things that are on the grounds might be able to get their way up to you. Mm. So either you can take that as a severe consequence that there's a very real possibility that they're going to start climbing up the side of the mansion because they're watching you. Or you can raise your despair by one. Shit, this is supposed to be a way out. <laughs> but you did get a point of hope. Did you, did set, hope. you did set out what you wanted to do. So you, do you get a point of hope? I will make that note. You have one. Um, point of hope. So. Sorry, I'm just trying. So if I get to the spirit, does the window not open then? Because I get there and realize that. I think it's your it choice is. that like you're looking oh, at it and you can okay. choose not to open the window to try and get out. Because if you open the window there is a real concern that these things might be able to get, like, they see you. What if I turn the light of my flashlight off before I do this, or is it one of those things where they remember? <laughs> as far as you can tell right now, yeah. there are kind of in front of you, probably across the front grounds, um, like, three things, and they've all stopped. And they're all... And as far as you can tell, they are, like, watching and you don't know if you turn your flashlight off if they'll go away okay. all right so i know i can open the window i am not at the moment going to open the window okay so you take a point of despair yeah. how many despair are you at i'm at two uh will what are you at uh i am at i am at one okay um, I'm going to spend Forge Red and make Will be at two. So Will, like you're standing there holding this gun at this door. You're, you can hear these things clawing their way. It's no longer a pitter patter. Like you hear things breaking. You hear things crashing. Um, you're fortunate right now that the attic stairs to get down are stairs that you control. So they'll only go down if you drop them. It's like one of those like trapdoor things where like you kick the thing open, the ladder falls, and you can get out. Um, gotcha. And there, there probably is like a string or something someone could pull, um, and maybe that's what they're trying to get is like the things that might be jumping at it, but they're just not capable of grabbing it yet. Um, but what used to be kind of just like running feet running around has turned into full out like just chaos. So what are you doing, Will? I think I think Will's going to try to secure this as much as he can. And so okay. you say it's a, it's a trap door. I think he wants to try to push the trap door down just enough that he can reach down and grab the string so there's no way for them to get in here. Mm, so you're going to like open it slightly it. and pull yeah. it up and then 
I'm going to call that a desperate role. Okay. Yeah, no, that's Does that feels a, it feel for me, it feels complex. Uh huh. Cause you're, you're dropping it down only enough that you can reach and grab the thing, mm-hmm. but you're also trying to hold the, the ladder in place. And you're also trying to hopefully not let one of these things jump up and get the ladder and pull it down. Right. So I feel like those stakes are very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that a severe, this, the severe consequence is going to be one of these things going to land on that ladder. Okay. If you fuck this up. Um, okay. So. Um, I'm also going to add just, you know, because I know everybody's wanting to, to know. I'm setting the gun down beside me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Um, Would you like to introduce a scar of some sort to explain a way in which you might be able to know something or do something that would give you an extra dice. Or you can ask Alita for help. I can't think of anything scar wise that like would explain why will would know to do this i mean it could be something as simple as like you were i mean you talked about the night of the bird like the i'll give you i'll give you an option for a scar if you want it yeah um so the night that this like murder of this thief happened that was traumatic for you Mm -hmm. and you wanted to absolutely find somewhere you could be where nobody could get to you and you went up into the attic and would have pulled you pulled the string up with you I like and that, held yeah. the attic door closed so that way nobody could get in and it took 48 hours for like the firefighters to come in and like forcibly remove you from the attic and you almost got Aunt B caught with killing this man yeah I really like that I think that makes a lot of sense I think Will would have like looked at this attic as a place of security just for that yeah all right, I'll take that scar, and okay. uh, I'm not going to ask Alita for help because okay, um, you do increase your anxiety by two. Okay, because trauma is painful. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is a four. Okay. Um. So. You set out what you chose, what you were trying to do. Um, but you can either take the severe consequence of the thing jumping on the ladder or increase your despair track by one. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and bring that despair up to three. Yep. I can already hear my heart like beating in my mm-hmm. ears. So you go to do it, like you manage to do this, you pull the rope and like, this is the first time that you have got a real look at this thing because it leaps like you're the way you're kind of positioned. You like, you drop the ladder down and you can see straight down, like the ladder's dropping kind of down away from you mm-hmm. and you can see straight down and it is this, it looks like it is a small, um, like a small devil almost 
It's maybe four feet tall. It definitely has some like hooved feet on its lower end. And then it has like, as it moves, as like its body kind of morphs upward and it has these long arms, very weird, lanky elbow things popping out. You see these massive claws on the end of their hand. Um, and you see one in the background kind of like running using on all fours. The ones in, that's in front of you is up on its hind feet, staring at you. Its head kind of looks like a mix of like a human and a dog with like a bit of a snout coming out, gnarly teeth. It's drooling. Its face is kind of covered in a dark black red liquid that you can assume is blood. Um, it's kind of dripping down the front of its its torso and it snarls at you and it makes the leap to get to the ladder just as you yank it up by the string and you hear it hit the ground underneath you. But when it hits the ground, you hear all of them kind of converge and start muttering about underneath the attic door. So you've definitely drawn attention to that this door open does open and close, even though they probably were knew that to some extent but yeah no i feel like now they know we're there mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. the ones outside know and the ones inside know yeah well isn't that just special all right so what are y'all doing i guess if you want to talk about what i mean would you tell alita what you saw because alita wasn't helping yeah, I think I want to secure this rope in some way so, like, I don't have to focus on this trapdoor as much. Like, I want to tie okay. it down. And I think Will kind of has this thousand-eye stare as he's just trying to make sense of what he just saw. And... um. Alita? Mm-hmm. Because she's over by the window still assessing the ones that are outside that are looking at them as well. So she's not really, hasn't really been paying attention to exactly what's been going on on the trap door. <laughs> Cousin, tell me you found a way out. I I need need some good news. So there's good news and there's bad news. Good news is this window opens and we'll get us outside. Bad news, I can see at least three of whatever those things are waiting for us to go. I, uh, I think I know what those things are. Or... Uh... Um, I too have good news and bad news. The good news is I have the trap door closed and we should be safe at least from, from that end for now. Uh, the bad news. <laughs> uh, do you believe in the devil? This is not the best time for theological questions. 
oh, I think it's the perfect time for theological questions. I'm starting to question a lot of things. Like, <laughs> I'm starting to think that there might have been a reason why there was a handgun inside of the Holy Bible <laughs> more than the monsters of men. What did you see? Uh, I saw the twisted bastardization of a nightmare pairing of a fawn and man and twisted dark flesh and nails that could tear at the very soul of a being and I saw blood dripping from fangs and eyes that only know hunger and pain and desolation. So you saw those things that are outside? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so remember that first window we had that we could possibly go out of but potentially hurt ourselves far more than anywhere else? That might be our best bet. <laughs> And you still, I mean, you still have, in theory, an exit through where you came from and to go down to the basement. Yeah, that's the options that I'm looking at right now are either we could go back the way we came, because as far as I can tell, they don't know about the secret passages. And they think we're up here. And we could try to make it out from the basement. Or we could open the window, throw the light as a distraction, and try our luck getting down the house and running to one of the cars and getting out of here. I'm a fan of the window theory. How good of a shot are you with that gun? Um, you know, I strangely enough have had a strong aversion to guns for reasons. Um, did you read my book? <laughs> you know what? This is an awkward time. I shouldn't ask. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what if? All right, here's my idea. So I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to, to make you all amped up a little bit more, you hear growling and snarling coming from the, where the attic like trap door is you hear, and you hear at this point, like scratching on the, on the door itself, like on that attic trap door. Um, you're not sure how, but somehow it is tall enough that it is now scratching on the door. Um, you also are noticing, uh, Alita, when you look back out the window, mm -hmm. you don't see the things on the front lawn anymore. Oh. 
Okay, we should go. Yeah, is the coast look clear? Yes, totally. I'm sure that they are nowhere near in sight. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll go first to make sure it's safe. Do you have the gun? Yeah. Let's go. All right. All right. Then, so, yeah. Willie, so your your goal is going to be to like climb down the side of the house. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this I'll say this is going to be a hope roll. All um, right. I'm going to say that just so you know what the stakes are. Um, if you go to set, if you suffer a severe consequence, I'll say like if you get the mid the mid one where it's like you set out what you achieve to do, but you get a severe consequence. Um, the severe consequence is going to be these things noticing you. Um, okay. If you get the one to three one with a severe consequence where you don't achieve what you set out to do, um, the consequence is falling. Okay. So okay. that's just kind of where where we are. Yeah. Um, can I ask Alita for help? And yeah. that she keeps an eye out for you know, for any demons that are crawling up or devils or what have you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess it's a matter of will she do will she do that? <laughs> will she keep an eye out? Um I guess keeping an eye, yeah, so I keep an eye out, but what would I do if I see them yell? <laughs> Let you know that kind of situation? You wanna give me the gun? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I I hate to say it, but I think it does make more sense to give you the gun. I know. I hate to say it, too. <laughs> yeah. So I'd, like, be covering you from the window, and you'd be shimmying down. Yeah. And, right. yeah. 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 All right, we're doing it. All right. So give me your 2d6 dice roll. Um, Can I and elite... Oh, wait, Alita, take one anxiety. All right, that's putting me at nine. <laughs> that sounds about right. I mean, that that tracks. Yep, we're good. I want to add a scar to this as well. Okay. Um, I want to say that there is a lattice on the side of this mm -hmm. that Will could climb down that he is used to, like, climbing down to get out at night and um whenever he was younger and mayhaps this is whenever he started like sneaking out and you know whenever he was supposed to be staying there and it may have been like his first like experiences like going to a party scene as okay. close to was one could be to here all right all right You gotta be fucking me. Also, um, you take two, you take two anxiety for having to remember uh, former former Will. Yeah. What'd former you roll? Painful. Um, I got a one, a two, and a three. <laughs> Delicious. All right, so your despair track goes up by one, which brings you to what? Uh, that's a four. Uh, you fall, uh, and I think when you fall, um, you definitely snap your leg. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you absolutely like you hit the ground and you hear the the snap. Uh, and Alita, as you watch, like you see him, he goes starts climbing down the lattice, and like the sweat on his hands, like he just slipped and he fell. And you hear this as his and you look down and his like right leg is literally bent in the wrong direction. Um, and Willie, you're pretty sure in the distance you can hear uh, some growling and snarling. Good. Um, Alita, what are you doing? Um, can I also hear any growling and snarling from my vantage point? Um, yeah, I mean, so you're getting it in some in multiple directions. Yeah. Uh, the attic door is, I'm going to say, like, less than two minutes away from being just fully busted open. Okay. You're starting to see the claw, like, like slipping through. Right. Some of the wood is starting to break. Um, and you think out on the lawn somewhere you can, you think you hear some things. You might hear one somewhere nearby on the roof somewhere. God. All right, I'm out the window at this point. I'm okay. gonna get GTFO. Um, now, the lattice is still in place. He just fell off of it, right? Correct. All right, so I'm going to also, um, well, I'm going to look around from once I'm on the roof. Can I see anything moving? Can I see anything in the distance? I think within firing range, is there anything around? I'll say that you can, you, at this point, because it feels narratively appropriate, I think you can see one maybe within 30 feet of Will. Oh, no. To save my cousin, narratively, I would probably panic, shoot the gun at this thing, get it away from him. Okay. Um, are you... We can't really up the ante because you're at a desperate point at this point. Um, unless you can ex- unless you can somehow argue that it's a tense roll, but I would guess it feels desperate at this point. It feels kind of desperate to, yeah. yeah. Him unable to move on the ground. With this um, thing potentially coming at him, yeah, there's no... So your two choices for ways to up this would be another scar, which will definitely mean every roll after this is always desperate because um, your anxiety would be too high. Or, actually, you can't you can't betray Will at this point because you can't put him over despair. So do you want to introduce a scar or you just want to roll one die? I'll just roll one because I can't even think of a scar at this point because... Yeah, I don't even think I can rationalize ever shooting a gun before. That was I was gonna suggest like if there yeah. was a way that you might have like the way like did I shoot a gun in the past? Like would you maybe take like gone to a gun range because of something that happened to you or oh that could be yeah when, so when hunting with a parent when hunting yeah maybe in in a, in and hunting with a parent unfortunately shot an animal I didn't want to shoot didn't kill it right away had a have somebody else do it for me type situation you know trauma hunting all right so we did that (laughs) anxiety is now peaked yes Uh, you get two two d6 for this roll (sighs) stay away from my cousin six yes (laughs) so you shoot it you get it um, I get a point of dread. Um, so you shoot, uh, you shoot the thing. 
And um, I'm going to say, I didn't say at the beginning, but I will say, I think that was, that's a hope role. I think that's a hope role. So because I got hope too. Yeah. So you got, you have two hope now. Um, so you shoot the thing and it like you hit it like square in the side and it is like, it's down and stops moving. It's not getting back up. Um, and you don't like, and when you shot the gun, I'll say this, when you shot the gun, everything went silent. Like you don't hear the scratching at the door anymore. Oh, well, I guess not all silent. Cause you probably hear Will screaming and writhing <laughs> in pain. Which will also remind me that I need to move to get down there and help you out because I obviously am not going to leave you down there and you're clearly injured and we got to get out, get out of here. Yeah. So give me another desperate roll for getting down. I'm going to army crawl out of the way. So that way, you know, if you don't fall you, or if you fall, you don't fall on me. So desperate roll is just, it's just a one dice, right? You just get the one unless you're adding a scar at this point, but I feel I like. I can't even. <laughs> so, so many scars. That was another six. Amazing. Mm. Um, and. And Will, when you said you were trying to army crawl away, were you trying to army crawl? You said you were trying to army crawl away in case she fell or get away from yeah. like things. In case she fell and fell on me. Give give me a tense roll for that. Oh, fun. You're you're not just gonna give me that. <laughs> oh, good. I got I got the six. Yeah. Aren't you all rolling sixes in the last hour? <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. Um, so will you manage you like start army crawling and you're doing it? Like you are in tremendous pain as your leg has literally like the, like your, your bone has snapped. Oh yeah. And you've managed to like, you are not making a sound right now. You are just very quietly crawling away. Like you are dead by daylight survivor running calm spirit, iron will at the same time, not a single sound is escaping your body. Um, and so you're able to pull away from the side of the house in the event that she fell. Um, but what you watch is like, she's, it looks like she's done this a hundred times. Um, and she like hops down holding the gun, looking around, like, I got it. I got this shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you hear the growling again and Alita, you look up and you see that there are two of them up on the roof and you can hear other growling off in the distance um you think two maybe three of them like just out of line of sight somewhere around the grounds of the house because it's it's big there's trees there's hedges there's gardens there's all of those things um so what do you all do and also i mean you're you're panicked at this point so you're like amped yeah, so I need to help him up, and we need to start moving. Yep. Also, how much despair are you at? Three? I'm at two. You're at two. I'm going to spend dread points. You're at three now. Oh, fuck. You know, and I, I, think the, I think the dread sets in because you're, like, looking at this, and, or this, the yeah, the dread, <laughs> uh, the despair sets in because you're, like, looking at this, and you're like, my cousin's leg is broken. I can see multiple. I can see multiple. I can hear others. I don't know what these things are. I don't know how to like, 
I'd have I'm, I have to drag this human alongside me. Like it's right now you rationalizing internally. Like tonight might be the night I die. Like this is it. I think Eric, you're gonna get your betrayal. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally get that because things aren't looking good for old Will Briarwood. So. I- what are you doing and how are you betraying Will? It won't up his despair, but you can still betray to get the dice. Um, so I'll be down and I'm like, climb down, who, who, assessing the situation. I have the gun in my hand. He is clearly injured, unable to walk. He is unfortunately going to be more of a liability than a help at this point because I'm surprised he hasn't passed out yet from the pain. And then we hear these things. They're above us. They're around us. Either I save myself or we're both going to go down. So what, how are you, what are you doing to get away? All right. So I'm going to give Will the gun. I'm also going to say this will, this will also be a hope roll. All right. So I'm going to give Will the gun. I will say, I'll be back with help. (laughs) And then I'm going to start sprinting towards the cars. Okay. Be- give me your give me your 2D6. Oh, what were you say, Will? Oh, I think as you're starting to sprint off, Will's like, you'll be what? And <laughs> like as you're running, he's just gonna yell, We're family. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, Ms. Alita. You made your choice. I you made get your my dice. Choice. Oh. I got a one and a four. Okay. So four. So you got a four. Um. So I get two more points of dread. Oh my god! What are you gonna do with this dread? What is this dread? I'm gonna die anyway. <laughs> um. So you can. So. And you're at, so you have your choice right now. So either you can suffer a severe consequence. Um, and I'm going to say that the, the severe consequence is as you're running, like you're, cause you, you're like, you're like full sprinting towards the cars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think your severe consequence is going to be, I hate doing this trope in a horror thing, but Did I, I think. You fall. I think you're, I think you're like, you're, and I think, and I think the, the, the way that this would like narratively look is like you, you're starting to run. You hear well yell, we're family. And that distracts me. And you falter. Yeah. And like in that faltering, there's something like, you know, it's a, you know, the ground, like it's a tree branch, a small, small, small something that you like, don't see because you like faltered for just a second and this would definitely have caused you to like face plant on the ground um or you can up your despair by one bringing it to a nice four for me so that would be a four despair or i think actually the consequence works better because i definitely think that she's in survival mode but hearing her cousin Say, but we're family would definitely make her like falter and hesitate. So she deserves to fall for that. And so you fall and you put your hands out to stop you. 
and they're sore. Like they're already burnt. They're burned. They're burned. Yes. And so you hit the ground and you managed to hit like gravel driveway on your hands. Oh, karma is a bitch. (laughs) And like the pain is so bad that you scream. Mm -hmm. Um, You make it to the car. Like you're there, but you like face plant right in front of the, like right next to the car. Mm -hmm. And, and that in turn for both of you, you've both drawn the attention of these things. Um, Will, you're on the ground. You have a gun. What are you doing? I I think I see Alita fall, and I'm like, oh oh. I hope this was worth it. <laughs> um. So you hear? I mean, you hear the snarling and growling of these things. You you watch. Well, you hear the thud as one of them leaps from the roof like the large third floor attic roof onto the ground, maybe 40 feet away from you. Like you can feel the ground kind of thud a little bit as this thing plants into the ground. Uh, I think, I think Will's going to yell for it. I think he's going to try to give Alita an opportunity. Oh, to like get out? To get out, yeah. Like as pissed off as he is, like he knows she's right. Um, um so yeah. Yeah. Give me are you are you trying to shoot the things or yeah, I think I'll I'll try to shoot the one that just jumped down. Okay. Um give me your desperate roll. Okay. That's just the one dice, right? Yeah, unless you bet you haven't there's I don't think there's a scar that feels right for this. No. No, I think we've we've pretty firmly established Will's not a gun guy. Yeah. Oh, that's a two. Oh, buddy. Oh, I friend. Know. Oh, I know. So you, Alita, what you see is Will turns around, um, and or Will like you hear this thud, and you like as you're looking back, you see this thing jump from the roof of the house. And fall and like play like it falls on all fours and then it stands upright. And this is probably the first time you're seeing this entire thing. Um, and like, yeah, Will's description of it like was spot on. Like this thing is evil incarnate, just like walking toward Will. Um, and you hear Will screaming at it, causing all kind of commotion, like all these other things start kind of looking around at it at will and will shoots the gun um and they all kind of like jump back for a second and then realize none of them got hit and in that last moment will screaming come and get me you assholes and they just descend on him and you watch them rip him open like it is messy they're like bits of him flying out you see them just like these two other ones kind of like triangulate in on him. They're ripping at his neck, his face, like one grabs an arm and kind of runs off and is just like, and like, it's not like a dog gnawing on a bone. Like this thing is like chomping through the bone. And like in a couple, in a minute, like the arm is literally, it, it eats the entire thing. I definitely will scream. Like, okay. 
like <laughs> I scream like will no oh my god like it would just be like a reflect like a, a scream of horror truly terror watching because when she left her cousin she wasn't expecting that to happen and then she watched it happen and just yeah that it just overtook her all right what are you and what are you what are you doing at this point other than screaming um so i was trying to get back up you know after the fall and then turning around and seeing it and then backing up hopefully against the cars at this point i think so and then feeling oh my god feeling if any cars are open and then realizing oh shit i don't have keys yeah but i think i mean (laughs) what i would say is i think given the isolated nature of the country home of like where everything is, mm-hmm. I will let you roll to see if you're able to find keys. And there's keys left in, in a car. Like in a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so desperate roll. Yes. And it is, a ho- roll. it is a hope roll. It is oh, okay, great. All right, so desperate roll for sure. Oh my God. And just think if it you fail, like the car alarm can go off. It's a two. What's your despair at? Three. No, you gave me no, you put up to four, didn't you? I did. You did. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm dead. <laughs> so you back up into this car, you pull the door handle, the car alarm absolutely goes off because these are rich fucking assholes who protect their cars. Don't lock the door, but we're gonna put the alarm on. Yeah, well, you you pick the one door like that. You this this was this was Rose DeVoe's car. <laughs> Mm. she yeah. would never leave it unlocked and you like as you pull the handle and you turn to look behind you you see it it's this like white Buick it's a boat and you pull the handle and you just it goes like uh, uh, uh. and you see in the distance you just see all like a number of heads pop up and they all come running and converging on and you see them and it's this like grotesque gallop that they do where like they dig their claws into the ground and like lurch themselves forward it's it's not even a true gallop it's literally like those claws becoming the anchor that propels them forward and one smashes right into the side of your face you break into the car window the blood is just like dripping down and gushing over every part of your face the last thing you see is just dark red and then you feel like your neck and the thing bites clean through you. And then it goes dark. And if the scene were to play out beyond the two of you, like if this were the end credits of the movie, what you would see is all of these things are ripping and tearing and all of this. And then as the sun off in the distance slowly comes up, these things all kind of start making their way back into the house. Like you see them kind of converging in the the cellar door and going down and kind of slowly dissipating as they, they hit a certain point in the basement. Um, And you see um, the, the lawyer who was supposed to be there the day before rolls up. Um, and he walks up and starts surveying the, the the area and looking around. He sees the blood on Rose DeVoe's car. Um, and he kind of just stops and he lets out this very deep sigh. And he, he pulls out his phone 
and he he makes a call and he says um what uh alita what was your mother's name um her name is diane so he says he gets on the phone he's like uh is this is this Ms. Diane Blackthorne? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. This is um this is the estate lawyer of uh Beatrice DeVoe. Um yes, yes, yes. No, I know I was uh I was a day late and it but it looks like it it happened and I wasn't in time. Um and so we we have a we have a problem. And then it fades out and rolls to credits. And that is a game of quietus. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's oh, so good. Oh, so the the thing that I came up with literally as you all were talking is that Beatrice DeVoe was the matriarch of this family and the entirety of the house was built over top of a hell pit. And she knew this, but she also knew how to keep it intact um but it required a little bit of her basically of her life force to do it and so she knew upon her death that the will needed to be transferred someone needed to take over ownership of the house know of how to keep these things at bay um because the trade-off was no one else wanted this land and there was something that kind of made it prosper and like she was able to maintain her wealth and her lifestyle by kind of having this balance of things um and i think it actually stemmed from she discovered it with the the thief that she killed because when she buried the body something happened that awoke the evil in the house and that's where she she didn't make a deal but she just understood like she figured out how to keep the things at bay um and so because the lawyer was a day late like everything was already pushed to the limit. He was a day late. The transfer to Rose DeVoe did not happen. And Rose was not able to prevent those things from literally eating everybody in the house. So what was the scar on Alita's hand? Um, I was just, it was like a demonic symbol that would it like that signified who they were. Like it was it was there. If okay, the, and I mean yeah, and I, I think if you would have gone into the basement, you would have found those things in there. Probably, I probably would have, yeah, I, I probably would have played we went it out to the that basement, way. Would we have like would we have found the hellhole pretty much? Yeah, I think I would have played it where like you found some source of something or you're able to identify like how like what was happening. But the only thing you were going to be able to do was make it to basically make it to dawn or make it away from the house. Um, so. That was that was how it would have played out, I think, if you would have gone the other direction. But it just worked out that you all decided not to go to your bed, like not stay in your bedrooms. So mm-hmm. I could kill everybody in the house all at once. And make it literally just the two of you. Yeah, that was that worked out very nicely. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. 
<laughs> it was. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah, I can time. picture it all in my head, too. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, nice. So let's we'll wrap up um, as we always do, which is um, for each of you, because um, I know both of you are on the Internet, would like to be found on the Internet. Uh, would you like to share your socials with folks? And I'll start with um, MB slash Alita Blackthorn. How can people find you on the Internet? Mm. Yes, I'm I'm still hanging out in that that dying hell site that we all know and don't speak of um as MB Dalto. Um, but I am better found over at Bluer Skies and on Discord as Druid Rose. That is also my gamer tag. So I like to hang around there too. And then Mr. Ray, Will Will Black Briarwood, who is devoured by demons in a front lawn. Where can people <laughs> find you? Uh yeah, I'm still on the the dying site known as Ten. Um, <laughs> it took me like a minute. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I refuse to call it anything else. Um, but I'm also over at uh the bluer skies as well. Um, at Mister Ray, uh, for Blue Sky, and uh, on Ten, I'm at Mister underscore Ray underscore RPG. You can also find me on um, $2 Creature Feature, as I said earlier, which is my Monster of the Week podcast. Um, if you are interested in hearing me, what it sounds like whenever I run a game. Um, <laughs> if you do want to start that, start with season two. We're an anthology. So uh, every season is its own mostly self-contained story. Like, you know, we may do like, you know, just little like, like nice little like things that are put in to reference the seasons other season but no just start with season two enjoy it it's a great story i have to say we just finished up um the season so it's all finished and complete and you can binge it it's like 39 episodes total so go for that and then i believe can we can we talk about the special thing that's gonna be coming up for that where that i'll be participating in oh yes um so knock on wood um halloween we will be releasing a very special episode with eric running slasher flick so yeah. it'll be me and eric and laura and megan and um so far we've just had our characters rolled up we're recording literally the next day from this recording and yeah. i am so excited for it yeah, so keep your eyes up for that. If you enjoyed our Slasher Flick in season one, if you didn't hear that, go listen to it because it's delightful and Mr. Ray is on it. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then for our podcast, uh, as, as by the time you're hearing this, we are we are officially also on Blue Sky at thequeerxp.esky.social, whatever it is. <laughs> um, we are also on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, all of the queer XP. Um, and by time this releases, we'll know whether or not we hit either of my social media challenges of 500 on Twitter or 100 on blue sky by Monday morning. Um, and if we hit those, we will do an absurd uh, cats, the musical RPG actual play called the, the Jellicle chance. All, all I I'm, can see is just those CGI buttholes. buttholes uh, it's, exactly we'll see. It. We'll see. I'm hoping we might do it anyways, because it's hilarious to me and people seem into it. Um, but otherwise things that are on our radar that are coming up. So next week's episode will be a conversation about horror movie villains. 
Um, and actually, The Strangers is one of the movies we're going to be talking about. The following week, we are playing the game Brindlewood Bay, which continues our spooky themed games, which is a uh, Murder, She Wrote plus Golden Girls plus Cthulhu. Um, and then the the two things closing out Halloween for or October slash Halloween for us are uh, the intro of our new mini campaign, Legacy Life Among the Ruins, um, which will be an ongoing once a month game that we'll release an episode of, um, which is about life in the apocalypse. Um, it'll have a rotating cast over the, the season is my hope. Um, I'm excited for the first episode of that. We're going to re be recording that soon. And then we are also doing a spooky all drag actual play of a game called Fears and Fathoms. Um, with we have three really, really, really awesome guests coming for that. Um, so that's what's on the horizon for us. I'm super pumped. I'm excited for all those things. I'm excited this is episode two of season two because this was wild. Um, I greatly encourage you to go check out Ollie Jeffrey um at all the games that that he's been part of because they're just amazing. Um for my two guests, thank you once again for joining and being part of this. I, this was, a, uh, I think, a different kind of a game, and I was excited to be able to run it with some folks who really got into it and had a good time. So the game is only as good as my players. So I thank you for all that you brought to the table. And otherwise, I will tell everyone else, have a good week, and we will see you next time on The Queer XP. Bye. Thank you.